Introducing MetroTap for iOS and Android. The best way to connect and network with others with just a tap. MetroTap allows you to instantly show your social media, music, payment platforms, and contact information just by tapping your phone. MetroTap can be used by anyone in any industry, and the other person you're networking with does not need the app to receive your information. Customize your profile with MetroTap Direct to instantly met someone to your Instagram. MetroTap also comes with a personal QR code, which is perfect for events and websites. Anyone can use it with and without the app. So why not take the work out of network and download MetroTap now? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Staley English and Kirk Show brought to you by the people over at Unfiltered. Visit www.unfilteredforever.com for everything you need clothing-wise. Of course, it's your man, Coach English, and I'm back. We are missing Coach uh, Kurtz is out again, but we got our guy, Coach Staley, in the building. Coach Staley, how's everything going, brother? All is well, man. Um, winding down the end of the school year. You know, kids ready to go home, teachers ready to go home, just trying to get the seniors through, get another graduating class. The boys are on the um, travel ball circuit right now, so they're playing. I don't know if I want to be disrespectful and call it the circuit, but, you know, we're playing we're, we're playing games. You know, we're playing games. We're getting after it, trying to get, trying to get better, a little better every day, and just enjoying life, man. Um, how's things been going with you? Man, everything been straight, man. Trying to same thing out here, just doing my best to not get fired. Do that every day. I go to work trying not to get fired. Um, enjoying being a dad, dealing with my boys, and of course, we back in workouts. Um, COVID took that from us last year, so our whole school was shut down, so we couldn't weight lift or nothing. So uh, we finally getting back to lifting and running and all of that. So it's really good to be back, man. I I, I really enjoy being back. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so um, I say uh, when we came back a couple weeks ago, we we we, we switched some things up. Um, and we're introducing one of our newest segments. This this segment is called our motivational minute. Good people, hello, and welcome to the Staley English and Kurt Show Motivational Minute. And I quickly want to talk to you guys today about the word failure. A lot of times when we are trying to be successful and we set our goals and we're trying to reach our aspirations, we try to avoid failure. Well, I'm here to tell you failure is okay. It is okay to fail. It is okay not to achieve what you set out for. 
the first time, heck, the second time, the third time, the fourth time. The only thing that's not okay is giving up on your dreams, giving up on your aspirations and being afraid to fail. The good Lord does not operate in fear. So do not let the fear of failure have any dominion or residence within your life. Get after it, believe in yourself. And remember, failure isn't bad. It's just lessons. Yo, them good words by that guy, man. I think we need to find him and hire him. I know um, whoever whoever that was speaks so eloquently. I don't quite pick up <laughs> on the voice, but man, he, he sounds like he's handsome, handsome also. So yeah, you see how you stuttered saying that? That's how you knew yeah, it was a lie. I, I guess God don't Just like that. Get it out. That's how you knew it was a lie. <laughs> right. God Telling him lie. <laughs> but all right, man, Josh, today we're talking travel ball, man. First in the series, um, we're going to try to have a, a couple other guys on. But we're going to start out with a close friend of yours, close friend of mine. Go ahead and introduce him. Yeah, so um, obviously we're going to do um, – we're doing multiple series throughout the show. We have Women in Leadership. Um, uh, we actually have one here we're about to do today. We're looking at grassroots basketball. Um, a lot of people are um, involved in grassroots basketball, um, entangled, for lack for a better word. Um, shout out to Jada Pickett Smith, you know, it's so, so there's a lot of people involved in this thing, but it's not a lot of people that knows exactly what they're doing and doing it right by the kids, you know, so that can be difficult when trying to um, make sure your kids are a part of a system that enables your child to grow and develop. So the guy, the, 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 the young man that we have on the show, today is someone that I hold dear to my heart. Um, he leads with his heart. He's a big heart guy. Um, he's been working with me on my staff the last several years. Um, he's been thoroughly immersed in this grassroots basketball for a long time. I'll let you, I'll let him tell us how long he's been um, involved in this thing. And um, he's a good man, good dad, good husband. And um, I would like to welcome Kenneth, Coach Kenneth Hunter to the show today. Man, there's some people outside for you there, man. Yeah, man. Knocking the door down. I appreciate it, fellas. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, no problem, man. Welcome to the show, man. I, we've been trying to get you on earlier. Well, I have. Josh been telling me there's nothing can He don't want his staff on the show. That's what he said. Yeah. My mom said you can't say nothing nice, so don't say nothing at all. So. <laughs> appreciate you for having me, yo, uh, yo Coach mom, English no, and Coach David. Wait a second. No, uh-uh. Uh, we're not going to start this show off on a lie. All right. God's been blessing us too much to start this show out on a lie like that. Coach um, Staley, can I ask a question? Go ahead. Go ahead. How long y'all had the Staley English and Kurt Schlo show? Oh, whew, four years? It's been, about four, it's been about four years. How long have I been on your staff, my brother? For that long, correct? It's been about four or five years. Yeah, right, 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 right. So, um, how long have I been asked to get on this show? Mm, he actually he asked me, and I hate to put Kurtz in it because he's not here. But before he left, it's <laughs> you asked Kurtz too. Yeah, so I'm a I'm gonna go ahead and put it like this. You ever watch Arsenio Hall? It's to come back. No, no, yeah, we used to when he was on. Right. So when he was on, I'm pretty sure all of the people on his show they wanted to get on didn't get on the first time they asked. But like <laughs> I said, you're here now, so we shouldn't True. dwell. We shouldn't dwell in the past, but. I'm a, we gonna go ahead, man. Um, how you doing? Thanks for being on the show. Um, what anything you want to let the listeners know about you before we get into these um 
questions, man? Uh, not much, man. Other than that, I, I love, I love kids, man. You know, um, I think, I think God has put me here to serve a purpose to try to help, and 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 that's all I try to do. So, uh, that's all they need to know about me. I'm here to help. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, we're gonna see if we can't get the people to know a little bit more about you. Little uh -huh. play this or that. So, first, we're gonna start off with it's about seven questions. You just pick one or the other. I'm gonna say two things. You pick which one you prefer. Okay. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Michael Jordan. Magical Bird. Larry Bird. Biggie or Tupac? I'm going with Tupac. Phone call or text? Call me. Apple or Android? I'm team iPhone now. Uh, now. <laughs> uh, Popovich or Phil Jackson? Oh, Pop. And Michael Jackson Prince? <clears throat> I like both. Yeah, no, you gotta go. So, but I'm gonna go with Mike. I'm gonna go with Michael, man. I gotta go with MJ. I got. Right. I, I, I was pretty much with you on every one of them except for Biggie or Tupac. So. Okay. That's well, fine. you're a, you're a New York guy. You're you're a has, has, guy. You're a big guy. Has, so has, has, has nothing to do with that, story. Has, has a lot to do with it. Um, I'm surprised that Coach Hunter said Michael Jackson. He, he you actually remind me of like Prince, like a Prince type guy. <laughs> You got that Prince on. Yeah, you got the Prince. You got are you you giving off big Prince vibes. Prince glad I, I'm glad I do that for you. All I know is he, all that they're both a legend, so I take that. Oh, you take that. All right, gotcha, gotcha. All right, man, Kim, man. We're gonna go ahead and try to get into it, man. Um, really quickly, like uh how how, how long have you been in in uh travel ball? Uh Quite a while, man. Um, started about, about over about 10, 15 years ago with uh, the Columbia Slammers. Um, and a good friend of mine, Shea White, who brought me into it. And that kind of transitioned into the uh, Carolina Wolves. Um, them having a sponsored uh, deal from Under Armour. And I used to train a few of the kids who uh, played in that organization. So uh, he kind of brought me on with that. And um, I really didn't have a role at first. I was just more of a worldwide West, I, I guess you can say. I knew most of the players. They need me for workouts. You know, we take the big trips. I get the big truck. I ain't got no agenda other than a little bit of transportation here and there. Get the keys. So, um, and then once that shooter was going, it kind of morphed into me starting a young group with the Carolina Wolves, which is around the time that I met um, Coach Staley. And, uh, um, that was my, actually, yeah, the first year I did that, his son and my son were second graders. And um, that's when we, the, seed, the, the seeds were planted before well, whatever we were doing with them. But that's when it all came together and made sense. And we've just been rolling ever since. And uh, so now I have my own organization, of course, uh, the Richland County Rebels was birthed from, from the Carolina Wolves. And um, we, we're, we are, this is bigger than I ever imagined. And um, it's a blessing, I'll tell you that. Okay, so basically you got your start in one spot and kind of progressed and started your own thing. Mm -hmm. um, well, how, how does how did that progression kind of happen? Was it something that you, you thought you always wanted to do or it's just something that kind of came about from just being in it and circumstances kind of led, one thing led to the other? Definitely circumstances, one thing led to the other and having uh, 
I think people will purpose purposely put in my life to um, push me to do it by nature. I'm a, um, I can be a hermit crab by nature, meaning I won't stick myself way out there if I don't have to. I'll just stay in my little circle and be content with it. And uh, the kids I have are not kids that are staying in the circle you can be content with. I mean, we have kids that are, you know, they have ambitions, you know. And um, my, my, between my wife and uh, Coach uh, Coach Frank Martin uh, and his wife, and, and at their urging, is when I went ahead and branched out on my own and started my own thing. Uh, started with like 26 kids and here we are, what, three, four years later, we had 91 kids from kindergarten to eighth grade. And I'm, I'm, I'll stop right there with that because I'm pretty sure what I want to say lead into another segment of the show. But yeah, we, it, it, it definitely has been um, one thing leading to another and, and me accepting it as opposed to turning away from it and uh this is where we at no that's big that's big um us uh, 91 kids that's way more than your um typical your average um travel ball program you know so you're 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 in connection you're touching a lot of kids so that's a good thing um before we move on i'm gonna say one more thing that we're gonna stay back on track on this can you guys see my name up on the screen I'm no, I can't right now. Yeah, no, I right now we can't. I would prefer y'all call me that the rest of the show. Uh, that's not going to happen. So let's uh, move on. Uh, just, All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what, okay. That's what, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll leave that for your wife. Uh, All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so, um, and and I asked this question. Uh, the first question I want to ask it, it kind of came about because uh, my sons play for the rebels and they have my purpose for putting them there was one i knew that you guys are good with development of young kids so but the games are not it for me you know and i and if i wish i lived closer because i you know they would be more involved but the game is what it is for me i just want my kids to get a piece of competition and and wanting to get used to compete no matter what they are uh what what level or Cause I got one that wants to dribble and he got all the heart in the world, but can't. And I got one that can until somebody plays defense on him and he picks the ball up and then all, it all break. It all goes to crap from there, but um, they want to be out there. They want to compete. So that's why I decided to do that. Some parents actually would like want to know, like, why did I do that? So, you know, so what age do you think it's good for a kid to start playing competitive travel ball? Okay. That's a good question. Um, it, 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 it really depends on a few things. Um, number one, what do you want as a parent? What do you want for your child? I mean, you got some parents who want their kids to, you know, play ball, you know, and you got some parents who want their kid to, you know, be something that they're really not ready to be. Or you got some parents who are not teaching their kids how to compete. And just putting them out there hoping so you know it really depends on you know what do you want for the child and number and another thing what is your kids competitive nature um i have had two sons and three daughters and both of my sons were very aggressive at a very young age so i i, I can understand that they like to compete they didn't like to lose races you know they want to win at everything so 
naturally for me to put them in sports is is easy because they're going to try to outdo, you know, or try to, you know, do whatever need to be done. Really I have my daughters, my first two daughters were very, very passive in aggression, you know, like very passive. But my youngest daughter seems like she's going to be very aggressive. So it really depends on what you want for your child and and, and what does your ch child want for themselves almost when it comes to competing. Some kids just want to do it for recreation, you know, you know, and just have fun. Some kids really want to do it and, and grow in it and get better with it. And, you know, you see it morph into what, you know, you have these phenoms. So, yeah, I think uh, um, I agree with you on that. I think it, it kind of is a feel for what you want, like, because for me as a parent, I had a conversation with my two and asked them if this was something that they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just throw them out there into something that they, they didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. So once I said, Hey, look, is this something, do you guys like basketball? They said, yes. So I said, okay, fine. Um, if, if I, if I tell you, Hey, if I tell them today, I say, Hey, you got a game. Cause I have not told my son yet. He got a game this weekend. Mm -hmm. Tell him that I guarantee you the door will be closed and he'll be on his little hoop practicing free throws mm -hmm. just because they like basketball like that. And I think some parents try to relive through their kids and their kids are like seven mm -hmm. because I, I think I was at a tournament and it was like a kindergarten and first grade game. And I'm there to enjoy watching my son run up and down the floor, just run up and down the floor, go in the right direction. That's all right. I can right. go in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And there are people arguing with the refs, cursing, carrying on and it's almost like the parent wants more for the wants to wants more out of what's going on than the kid does the kid just wants to have fun right right and I those are the ones those are the kids or those are the parents that need to be careful about how they throw their kids in sports because the kids they start to dislike it yeah i agree i agree I, um I, I, like i said a big thing on that is um a lot of parents you have to some leaders are naturally born. Some competitors are naturally born. But I believe as a parent, you can also teach your child how to compete. And, and, and can I, I, I state it? Can I use you for an example on this? Sure. When we first started this thing and we were the second grade together, Staley brought his son. And, and um, we made a run for a national championship that first year together. And uh, his son was new to the group. You know, I had the other guys for like two years. You know, um, and it's, he was new to the group, but he came on and he fit in. But when it got down to the last stretch of the few games, he didn't get to play as much or, or get out there to compete. But I'm pretty sure when he went to his dad and his dad called me, well, you know, saying was like, look, tell Tal what he got to do, you know, because I don't, I don't have nothing to tell him. And, and I told him what it was. And, and, and from that day on, his son is the most fierce competitor on in my organization almost like one of the most fierce competitors you know what i mean so <clears throat> i also can believe that it can be cultivated and if you're in the right situation it can grow and become and work for your child you know some parents would have easily just took their child from the team and went on their own and started the daddy ball situation where we're gonna get some more kids and we just gonna run with my son the, you know, and, and that's the most prevalent thing that happens in grassroots to me before I got in it. You know, I got in it because I wanted to dispel the myth of AAU is killing the game. And uh, I, I beg to differ because just about every coach in my organization coaches on a 
high school, collegiate, or um, middle school level. So when your child come and get instruction, these are the guys to, or type of guys they're going to see when they leave the so-called uh, uh, recreational league or when, once you get into school and scholastic sports. So I'm really trying to prepare the mind more than anything um, through what we do. And that competition is, is, is a main thing you're going to have to do uh, when you're with us. So hope I didn't say I'm piggyback on that a little bit. Um, we talked about grassroots. And the biggest thing with grassroots is supposed to be development, right? So um, I, I think y'all, when, when, the, when the listeners hear what Coach Hunter is saying, I want y'all to really understand what he's saying and not listen with the response mindset as it relates to you and your child. He said, my son came as a second grader. He was new to the group, but I had already had the other guys a couple of years before that. I want y'all to think about this. Um, obviously, being in the second grade wasn't the first time um, Tao played basketball, but in the second grade, he already had a group of kids that he had been working with a couple of years. Um, if that doesn't if that doesn't set off an alarm for you, it should because obviously those kids have been developed um, for a while, even before making it to the second grade. Some of us start playing in fifth and sixth grade, seventh and eighth grade and think everything is supposed to go our way. We haven't put any work in and any time to get to the point where you so desire to be. Um, secondly, I did. Like, Ty was upset about his playing time, and we don't do that in the car. We don't talk about the coaches in the car. We don't talk about playing time in the car. Now, we can talk about what you need to do to get better. So he was upset. I said, well, call your coach. He called his coach. And like he said, from that point on, it's been, you know, he's Ty's probably one of the hardest working kids that I know, you know. He's always working. He's always grinding. So that's what I'm big on, the, the development part. You know, I am a firm believer that, especially with grassroots and when you're dealing with little kids, um, competition can hinder development if you aren't careful because you get in a rat race where you're more focused on scoring more points than the other team than actually developing your kids. And you got 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 13, 14, you got young kids that need to be developed more than they need to win that game. And I know the average person would be like, what do you mean you're supposed to win the game? It's all about winning. Well, you won't be winning very long if you're underdeveloped. And more importantly, you won't be playing very long if you're underdeveloped. So when you're trying to find a program, you need to make sure you find programs that focus on development and not just the um, competition. Yeah, you could compete, compete, you could be a fierce competitor, but when you're developed the proper way, you can be, compete even harder, you know? So I just kind of wanted to make sure parents understand that, you know, we're all fierce competitors and we always want to compete, but that development piece is very big in your child. I mean, that, yeah, that development piece is very big in your child's um, growth. You don't want to, you don't want to stunt their growth focusing on competition. But my, I mean, to go on about that, but coach E, what you got, Papa? All right. So what are some, Josh, uh, I guess, touched on it. You too, uh, Kenny, you kind of touched on it. But what are some advantages to playing travel ball? Hmm. Go first on this one, Josh. Um, I think some of the advantages are uh, just the element of learning how to compete. All right. So when you're young, like I said, when you're really young, like how Coach Hunter had his group start. Right. They, they were young. They just needed to understand sportsmanship and camaraderie. Right. And that's what they focused on. Sportsmanship and camaraderie, like learning how to work and, 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 and cooperate with a group of people that 
that don't live with you. So these young men and young ladies, they learn, they, they need to learn how to socialize. They need to learn how to um, internalize their feelings and, and, and deal with different mindsets and even see different areas at times. So that's one of the, that's one of the biggest um, advantages right there. Um, as far as playing travel ball, I think another one is, uh, you know, you really, you really get the opportunity to play at a, at a, as you get older, you're playing at a higher level of competition than you, than you normally would, um, just on your regular parks and recs team. And, um, even, even some middle schools and some high schools, because if you're actually getting the best players from each team, the teams are going to be a little bit better and the competition is going to be a little bit stiffer. And ultimately that's going to make you, if you are a competitor, that's going to make you better. If you don't run like um, Ryan Norris, like to always tweet, if you're not running from the smoke, you know, if you're serious about the smoke, it's going to, um, it's going to make you better. So I think those two things, man, um, especially on the young side, developing um, that camaraderie, developing that sportsmanship, developing how to do it the right way. And um, an opportunity to play against some good competition. That's what I. That's what I got. What you got, Coach Hunter. Yeah, I, I think one of the main. I'm piggyback. I agree with all that, but I think one of the main advantages, um, especially at a young age, I used it as an advantage to show my son. Um, since we played like a national stage early, um, I used to coach with uh, the CP3 organization. And um, big organizations like that, even from the grassroots standpoint, they you'll go to the biggest of the biggest tournaments. So, you know, I'm taking, you know flights to Houston and things like that when these kids are in third grade, fourth grade, right? Because I was doing this while I was transitioning from the Wolves to them. And the, the advantage of that was for them to see different styles of basketball, different uh, kids from different areas of the country and how they play and how they get after it. And, you know, it really opened their eyes to, okay, well, I got to go to work. You know what I mean? We thought we were good, but we saw them boys from Oakland or we saw them kids from Michigan or we saw them kids from Texas and and we get back in the lab. So when we see them in another venue, it's like, okay, now we're ready for these guys, you know? So I think one of the main advantages from travel ball, if you're really traveling, you know, is to forget them out and see different styles of basketball and understand what it takes to compete on more of a regional stage. So you can be the best thing in your own backyard. And when you go out in that national stage sometime, you know, that story changes a little bit, so. All right. I, I, you you guys uh said a lot of said said a good bit of stuff there as far as when you're talking about the the way and it's from two different angles the development side of it and then the ability to travel and and uh, see that the world is bigger than the state that you're in basketball not the world but the bas but basketball is bigger than the state that you're in there's you 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 could be the best in South Carolina but not the best you can't but you can't touch the person in Georgia or in North Carolina and you get to see the, the level of competition that's out there. And like you said, Ken, I think that's a good thing. I think kids fail to realize, um, especially in this, everybody has, a, everybody gets a trophy society we live in now. Kids fail to realize that there's competition out there that's literally working harder than you are. No matter how much you, how good you think you are, there is somebody out there who's better. No matter how good you think you are. And I think that that gets lost with parents, um, you're supposed to have faith in your child and you're supposed to make them, you know, dream big so they could work towards their thing. But you have to reinforce the work ethic in your kid. And I think that this is travel basketball is a way to see that, hey, you, you, you know, you thought you was good until you met somebody who was, right. you know, uh, 
because sometimes at your school, you might be the best kid at your school. And then you go to an AAU team and or a travel team and shoot, you coming off the bench. You know, you find out you find out how quickly that, that basketball is big away from away from that. So Ken, I wanna I wanna um and 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 talking talking travel and high school. Now this is a big thing, all right. Um some high school coaches, I am not one of them because I also coach <laughs> I also coach travel ball, but um, there's a lot, there's a huge disconnect between mm-hmm. the high school coaches, between some high school coaches and a good bit of AAU coaches. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think is attributed to both of you? I mean, you too, Josh, because you're heavy into travel ball on the boys and the girl side. So, like, what do you think is a big, what's the disconnect? What causes that disconnect? I would say, um, and, and, and I, I mean, think about this, but clout. Um, and, and you can take that in a, how you want it, but clout, um, control, you know, between that, say an AAU coach has been developing a player and he's had that player for some odd years and he, you know, whether he thinking that's his ticket or, you know, whether he thinking he should have control over the kid's situation, you know, that could, that can be one of them. Love. Remember, I said clout, C-L-O-U-T. Um, love. Sometimes, you know, they have a love for that player and they don't want to relinquish it to a high school individual who may put the kid in a, you know, different stratosphere with basketball, scared to lose whatever, you know, they already think they built with that kid. So, you know, losing the love of that they think, that they think the kid might have for them. Um, overprotective. Some guys are overprotective, thinking that, you know, I put in the time with this kid in the gym, uh, unbeknownst to this coach they're about to go to, and, you know, they don't want to um, lose the kid. Uh, uh, the AU coach may want not to feel, may not want to feel undervalued because, you know, they're just coaching AAU ball. And, um, and I know this for some, they just coach AAU ball. They don't coach high school ball but they have the rapport with those kids who are going to different high schools. So, you know, they don't want to feel undervalued because they're not on the scene with the kid, you know, when it comes to what everybody is going to see, you know, everybody don't get to see the travel ball, you know, for the most part, because everybody ain't playing high level travel ball to be seen. Um, And then, you know, T taken, they don't want something they had just taken away from them once it reaches a certain level, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's about clout, if you ask me, um, in a sense, that a lot of a grassroots guys or, or AAU coaches, travel ball coaches, don't want to relinquish the um, control of that kid in fear of just losing what they thought they were going to gain or, or, or you know, whatever the case may be. That's my, um, that's my take on it right there as far as, you know, why is a disconnect between travel ball and some high school and some high school coach? Because not all. Because not all. Yeah, not all. But I, I agree with you that it seems to be this struggle and, and the only entity that struggles, the only entity that suffers is the kid mm-hmm. because now the kid is in this tug of war between two people that they love, you know, because if any good high school coach or any high school coach has a relationship with their kids that has a relationship with their kids, their kid is that kid is going to love their high school coach. Right. The AAU coach they or, or travel ball coach, they've been with them for years in most cases. So they feel a sense of loyalty there. 
and you have each one saying something different rather than the two adults saying, hey, look, how can we work together to get this kid to advance to where we believe to, to, to maximize the most on his potential? Um, which is beyond me and all it takes is a little bit of communication but i you know that's 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 me on my soapbox for another day josh what is what is your thoughts on that disconnect between uh travel ball and uh high school coach you gotta unmute yourself brother my fault that's on me that's on me i think the biggest disconnect guys is um you know the lack of communication right so mm-hmm. i've been fortunate to coach um decent levels on the boys and the girls side. Um, when I coached girls, you know, I had some really good travel organizations. I had the, um, the 76ers with Roger Wiley. I had the um, Palmetto 76ers with um, Coach Dickerson. Um, and and I, I even had some other organizations, but the crux of the matter came from um, some, I think some of my girls played the low country ballers at one point, but the crux of the matter was I had, those those organizations reached out to me we communicated and we established relationships and they even asked me things as far as you know what you want to see your girls do and how we need to develop them and so on and so on so like uh the relate the, the relationship was established because of communication and then you can come back to the boy side where I, i'm currently now and it was the same way um you know i i can't really think it might be one instance currently where i haven't spoken to um anybody from an organization that my kid plays for but i mean i'm not i don't really operate in fear so like coach hunter said we don't care who gets the clout if they want all the recognition that's fine but um the communication's always been good so i've been real blessed real fortunate with that but i think the biggest problem is that communication because see when, when communication isn't properly handled now you have to assume how that other person is feeling most people do not have the fortitude to fight off the temptation of assumption right there's some some type of seed is going to be planted and they're going to be like hey man you know maybe they're doing this and why they got your kid playing this position or things like that so um in order to eliminate all of those you just got to communicate so if you're a high school coach and you're not quite sure what's going on with your kid with child ball go to the games talk to the coaches, introduce yourself, like make yourself prevalent. If you're a travel team coach and you want kids to play in your organization, and like I said, the ones I've had done a good job of, to communicate with the high schools that those kids come from. You pick the team, find out where they go to high school at. Don't just pick the team and act like it doesn't exist. Um, so you can eliminate that element of clout like Coach Hunter, because like we me and Coach Hunter said that, Coach Hunter said that, but we see it all the time. Like people literally want credit for kids' success. And you have really have nothing to do with that, you know, because that kid has to make a conscious decision. You can help them and you can guide them. But if you're doing it for the credit, you probably need to get up out of the game. You're going to you need to get up out of the game. But um, that's yeah. it. That's, that's my thing in a nutshell, coach. Communication. Well, I got it. And that brings us to a, a, a point here for me, at least. Um, I, I work with, I think, a couple of different um, organizations um, when it comes to just travel ball and the ones my kids play for. And I have great relationships with each one of them, but I, but me as a high school coach, I sought those out. I sought out those relationships. I wanted to talk to the, uh, to the travel basketball coach. I wanted to have a relationship with them because I want my kids to play travel ball. Why? Because they need, if, if the only time they pick up a ball competition wise is November or what September, 
let's say the end of September, early October, all the way through March. If that's the only time you're talking about April, May, June, we're getting back in June, but July, August, like that they're not playing competition. To be able to compete, you got to be playing competition. So it'd be selfish of me to sit there and go, hey, look, my ego is just that big where I don't want them getting instruction from anybody else. And I just think that high school coaches, as well as on the other side, the travel ball coaches, you have to kind of seek out those relationships with those guys and with each with each other, I'm sorry, and, and try to make it work for what's in the best interest of the kid because the kid is the one that wins. If we're all working together, it takes a village, right? That's what they tell us all. So if it right. takes a village, everybody should be working together rather than against each other. And, and that's the issue I have with a lot of people. Right. Um, now, I saw a tweet, and my phone died, so I can't quote it directly. But I saw a tweet, and, and this kind of, I guess, speak to the rift between travel and high school. Um, a, a, a coach, a coach at 21, he said, um, if you're if your travel ball team is playing in June, find you a new travel ball team. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and under his and under his uh, under his tweet, there was a travel ball coach who stated that, and I can't remember now. I wish I had it so I could do direct. But he said, paraphrased, is the coach as a as a high school coach, you have them from November to March. June should be for them to get better. Um, they shouldn't be playing in any competition. They they can play in tournaments because NCAA Division two, three, and NAIA schools with low budgets come out in June. And I wanted to say my knowledge on the situation, but I didn't. I digressed. But this is a, speaks to the point of here you have a guy. This guy is probably telling his kids they don't need to play high school ball in June. Probably telling them they don't need to play high school ball in June because all of these schools are going to be at these tournaments. What you, <laughs> so kids are actually getting this direct instruction from a travel ball coach. So is that true? I don't know travel ball guys. Are, are coaches out in June to AAU tournaments? I can only speak from <laughs> grassroots portion of this because yes. we have nothing to do with the high school portion. I just get blended in it because – I'm a high school coach and I yeah. do have to shut down some of my time in June, to, you know, for my obligations as a high school coach. But um, I'll be faced with this next year. And, and I'm, you know, I got to do what's right by the high school. If you're a scholastic athlete, you know, that's, that's mm -hmm. how I feel about it. If your high school has an agenda for you for the few days of the month, they have you during the summer month. I think you're obligated to do that. If you, if you're bought into the high school, you know, team camaraderie trying to win a championship or whatever you're trying to do. Um, but I don't have, I play all months because we're youth and there's no mandates and, you know, things like that. So Josh, you might want to harp on the high school version of, you know, that stuff. Yeah. But, but can I think on your, on your end, that's, that's different because you have younger kids so they can play right. in June. Right. There's no, there's no team per se. For them to pretty much be working, worrying about practicing with and stuff like that. Right, right. So to the high school level, Josh, what is your thoughts on that? I mean, <laughs> not a whole lot of like live period going on in June. I mean, the NCAA has actually actually changed it, which I really kind of glad they did it. But you know, high schools now 
have the opportunity to do their own live period in the month of June. So all of the college coaches can come out. Um, I sincerely believe in so many words, that's kind of like enough for the month of June as far as exposure. Um, You have a lot going on. You have live periods in the spring. And then you know you have that another heavy live period in 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 July. July. Uh, But it always... um, I think you said it, Coach E, that word ego, man, it goes back to your ego. It goes back to being, um, making sure you're not being a narcissist. But um, you got to be careful when dealing with young people, when dealing with kids, and they should never feel like they have to choose. Um, It's just June is usually the high school time. It's not a ton of coaches out in June. Now, um, the different levels um, are a little different. You have some lower-level colleges, that might have the the authority to go out in June, you know, so it's not a complete wash. I get it. It is, you can be seen a little bit in June. All right. But if you really know the landscape of things, especially in the high school level, you have your team, a lot of the colleges are throwing their team camps in June, right? So there's yeah. your, there's some exposure right there. Um, A lot of the colleges are doing their, individual camps, their elite camps, their shooting camps. So it's a lot going on that the colleges aren't going to really be out like that in June anyway because they're taking care of themselves in June too and they're actually planning for the month of July. But um, to get on Twitter and just kind of like, I mean, you know, social media gives everyone a platform now and oh yeah, it, it, you don't have to be, you don't have to be responsible with your platform and a lot of folks talk reckless. But I think you really have to be careful when you're dealing with young people and put yourself last and really try your best to guide them the right way. Because at the end of the day, coach, at the end of the day, man, it's 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 June is for the high school. And I and I'll stand for that as a guy that's thoroughly immersed on the, on the high school and the travel ball side, boys and girls. June is for high school. Because at the end of the day, you can't you don't want to burn high school kids out. You gotta give them an opportunity to um, mm-hmm. regroup, recover, play with their high schools, and then get ready for the month of June. Um, a lot of times, and me and Coach Hunter has gone through this together, even you, Coach E, like some some dudes are, or some some coaches are going to make kids choose. We tend to be the bigger person and let the kid go ahead and go because I don't want that that burden on that kid's chest. So yeah. I let the kid go ahead and go. I'm like, look, don't worry about me. You go. I know you're grinding. I know you're working. Go do your thing. But at the end of the day, man, no, like to answer your question, it's not a ton going on in June. Can coaches come out in June? Yeah. But are they, if you look at the calendar, are there any major live events in June? No. But not Division One coaches can't aren't aren't out in June. They aren't out in June. That's just how it is. Um, like I said, you can get some lower levels. You might get um some NAIA, some JUCOs, um, and some and some lower levels, maybe some division twos can come out, but um the division ones aren't allowed to come out at all, but I do think um, some division twos can get in. The, I almost think I know they can get in the gym, but it's all about the type of tournament. Don't tell me coaches are going to be out. Then you get to the tournament and all you smell is a fish fry and the only people in the stands are the people hollering for you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's not exposure. That's just money wasted. In the money wasted. So. All right. So I think that kind of segues us into egos. And you brought that up, and we, we mentioned it. Coach Ken said it. I said it a little few minutes ago. Um, what is the disconnect? Because there is a disconnect, and and I guess in a certain degree, some of this part of this next part of the conversation is going to ruffle, ruffle a couple of feathers here. Uh-uh. But that's, that's what we do. 
what is the disconnect between between travel ball teams? Because it, it irks my nerves. I'm going to tell you what irks my nerves. When I show up one week and there's a kid here, right, wearing this jersey, and I show up another week and he's with another team. Or I show up another – and then or there was a tournament I went to and a kid was literally playing for three different teams in the same tournament. And but each one was pulling the kid and each one and it started an argument about who he was supposed to play for. And so I, what is the is it, it is is the movement OK? Is it the ego thing? Is it the, don't play for this person? Don't play for that. What is the battle? There's an internal battle in travel basketball between travel basketball. Let me go first on this one. Let me go first <laughs> on this one. All right. So um, travel basketball is a beautiful thing. Right. And I try to focus on what it takes for, for, for that element to be successful. But in the same breath, the freedom of that entity also presents some of its pitfalls. Um, you know, there is no working constitution within travel basketball saying a kid can't team hop. Hell, they don't even um, have the Articles of Confederation. You know, it's, it's, no, it's no written bylaw saying, okay, here are the rules. This, what, this is what can and cannot be done. And um, a lot of times parents are like, yo, I'm paying money. Um, I'm spending this money on the road. If my kid want to play for someone else, I'm going to enable them to play for someone else. And that's just how it goes. I mean, it's almost like the wild, wild west at times. I agree. I've seen kids literally play and I'm talking about the older kids. I'm not talking about the, I'm not even talking about the younger kids. I've seen like high school kids play with one team and, and basically just like switch uniforms and go play with someone else in the same day. Um, at the end of the day, if all parties are okay with it, it's not as crazy as it seems because kids are getting reps, right? They're getting better. Um, I'll be, I would be more concerned with their, um, physical health than than anything else but if if all parties are aligned and the kid it's it's really focused on the kid getting better egos aside disagreement aside it's not the worst thing because these young players getting reps and they're playing it's not the worst thing but if it's not done the right way it's what we always say coach it's not what you do it's how you do it if right. it's not done the right way yeah, then it then it could be some issues, and you could teach young folks some bad lessons on how on, on how things are handled. Well, um, what I like to tell people in my organization uh, when they come in uh, is, I don't mind you playing for other organizations. I don't. You're you're a parent. You got one shot with this thing when it comes to your child. So, you know, do whatever you think you got to do. But if it affects my practice schedules and it affects my uh, tournament schedules, then I, I'm going to have to treat it as such. I'm going to treat it just like you would be if you were in high school. Uh, if you play for me and Coach Staley uh, and you miss practice, you don't play in games or you'll miss some of your game time. If you do it on a consistent basis, it's probably going to affect your development. And over time, that relationship can get strained if you have an unrealistic expectation uh, of what's supposed to happen versus what you're actually doing. So, you know, like Coach say, you know, if it's aligned right and and and, and the parties agree on it, it can be a good thing for a kid. Um, but let's keep it above. Most kids just want to play anyway, you know, and they don't care who they're playing for at some point. They just want to play. 
So, <laughs> you know, you get that a lot too. <clears throat> you get that. I, but I've been guilty of that. You know, have my kid play for one organization while I'm running an organization. You see what I'm saying? And, and to the point where I don't even have him at some of the times I want him, you know, because I agreed for him to play with that other organization before we were doing what we were doing. So I, I've been there, done that with it, but <clears throat> I think I need to have some tact with it when it's done. <laughs> well, I just, to me, I think I'm, I would say I'm on the opposite side, I guess, of the two of you. Um, although I do feel like, you know, the kid needs options, parents need options. To me, I think that there's, I want to teach my kid that like, if you, if you, if you went into something like this is what we, and, and we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Until we're not doing that. So if you don't like the team, if, if it's whatever, we're going to ride this out until the season's up. At the end of the season, if we want to shift, then we'll move to something else. Right. Then we'll go to another organization. Um, if it works together, like if it's two, like if one is a, um, a, 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 a higher level program that's going to go to some things that are going to give my child exposure, and then there's another program for her, for him or her to just get rep, then I'll do that. That's a that's a that's two different levels of things, but we know which one comes first. Right. Uh, but when you jumping from elite level, there's a kid. I literally watched this. I watched this played for, and I won't say what team, but it was an elite level team, elite level shoot sponsor team. One week, and another one the next week, and another one the next week, and it went back to the first one the week after that. And I was just going, "What well, hell is it a? Is it a? Hey, we're gonna rock paper scissors for who you gonna play with this week, or is hey, it? You hey, know, Coach Angus, I'd rather be that kid." Then that kid who jumped from non-elite level team. <laughs> At least I'm getting some Nike gear, some Adidas gear, some Undergarment gear, whatever. You know what I mean? Well, that's true too. Well, that's true too. So we we we're going to get off that one and move on. Um, what do you think is the biggest issue plaguing um uh, uh travel basketball today? Probably the like you say the disconnect between um. One is the disconnect between organizations and, and, and coaches. And the other thing uh, would be um, expectation, unrealistic expectation from parents um, on their children. Um, like I say, you, you, you get uh, parents who get their kids in this thing at an early age because, uh, you know, they see the glitz and glamour. I use my organization for an example. You know, a lot of people, when they come to the Rebels organization, they think as soon as they get here, their kid is automatically hit a go button and just zoom, take off, you know. Um, even when I bring in kids on my, you know, better teams, I won't say elite, but on my better teams, or my A teams, I got kids who I just believe have some of the most, you know, are just talented out of this world, but they can't fit in right yet because they're, they've been taught to go score all the time or been, been taught to go get them when, you know, the way my organization is based and the way we coach it is really not predicated on one player. You know what I mean? If you are that one player who can rise like cream, you know, to the top, then definitely you'll get a score every game. And we have a few with that potential, but you know, I have kids who come in who, who really score 20 and 30 points when they play against us every time. And if they finally get on with us, they don't average that. You know, they barely even hit that mark. Because uh, it's, it's different expectations of what being taught. So when they get to a team or, or a different organization and they're being taught different things by different coaches, you know, it's like, oh, they hit a learning curve. You know what I mean? So um, that, that that's yeah. my take on some of that. 
what do you think? What do you, what what about you, Josh? What do All you right. think is the issue play again? I mean, I would I would say I don't even want to use the word plague, but if I'm a parent, I want to tell you something to be cautious of, um, be aware of, um, read up on it. Like it's the it's the health of your child, the physical health of your child. We we focus on physical, even on mental health. It's just as important, if not even more. Actually, it's more important than the physical health because the mental is gone. But your physical health of your child, because before you know it, we think, you know, you, your child have a lot of wear and tear and you're not even paying attention to it. You know, um, like my oldest son played soccer this year and it was during the same time. So he went from middle school basketball to middle school soccer and um his travel ball team and he plays high level travel ball. I mean, coach Hunter's trying to be modest and humble, but he plays high level travel ball. And I had to really watch. And that was one of the reasons why I'm not allowing him to play for any other teams, because when your travel ball team is off, bro, you're off. You need to be resting, getting yourself together because you play more than one sport. So watch out for the health of your child, you know, because a lot of times we get caught up in the, in the, and the oohs and the ahs and the glitz and the glance. If I want to rap, let me stop. I ain't gonna spit, spit on y'all. But um, you get you get caught up in the in, in everything and you don't really pay attention to how your child is doing because it, it is a grind and it and it can turn into um wear and tear if you aren't comfortable. So I think that's something that parents. I won't call it plaguing it. I won't call it a plague, but I will call it something that can ultimately plague your child in the long run if you aren't conscious and aware. Of their own well-being. Did that? Did that help any? Yeah. Oh no. Of course, man. I mean, you always help, man. You're, okay. you're a helpful dude. No, you know? I, I was asking. Not once did y'all call me by the name that I asked y'all to call me by. But we're uh, men. men. Because we refuse. We're men. Thank we're you. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay. Um. So, Coach King, man, we want to thank you for being on. We really appreciate your time especially sticking with us through what the people will not hear, the technical difficulties. We definitely appreciate you being here and being patient. Um, but before we let you go, we have one thing that we do need to uh, ask you about. And it's our, it's our Staley in English question. Staley English and Kurt's question. All right. You got one game to win. Uh, you got to put five on the floor. You can pick any five of any time period that you want to pick. But here's the five that you have to beat. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Shaquille O'Neal. So let me get Will Chamberlain, Dr. Don't J. Don't embarrass me, Kenny. Listen, man. <laughs> this is my, he asked me the question, brother, not you. I mean, I know. But you started off bad. Go ahead. Come on, man. I, need, I need buckets, man. I need buckets, man. <laughs> ain't nobody stopping Will. Man, average that overseas. Ain't nobody stopping that. So let me do my thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm going. I need I need Will to still. I need Dr. J. Um all time. Uh y'all done took you done took some of the greats, fellas. So you know y'all made this hard, man. Um, um let's go. Um that's rough, man. <laughs> that's really rough. You won't be getting your playoff bonus next year. That's the way. I barely got it this year, dog. You know, the pandemic is crazy, man. Pandemic was ew. um not for real though. So Dr. J, let me get uh that fella. 
Uh, Will, and let me get, uh, you put Shaq in your five, didn't you? Yep. Is Tim Duncan in your five? Nope. Let me get Timmy. Allen Iverson in your five? Nope. Let me get that beast right there, too. And I think I got to round this out with um, one more, right? Yeah. Give me the, um, I ain't got no shooter. I got to throw Bird in there, man. Like Bird. Yeah, so, 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 so this man five is Allen Iverson, Larry Bird, Dr. J, Tim Duncan, Will Chamberlain. Yes. It's not as bad as Lou's was. It's not as bad as Lou Bajak's. It's not. Bad, Definitely not bad. as bad as Lou. I would hope to be better than Lou. It's no, better than Lou. It's Lou, but it's not Lou's much better. It's not much better. You it's about, not much better. It's pretty bad. You, but teetering. You teetering. I would like to hear you guys five one day off air, so we'll get to that at another time. Man. I really appreciate y'all having me on. I've been trying to get on for three years, like I'm telling everybody. You know, I, hopefully, it won't take another three to get back to it, man. No, nah, we're going to start having you on more often, man. We're going to have you on more often. I appreciate yeah. it. We're going to, um real quick, you have any shout-outs you want to give out? Uh, yeah. Um, first shout-out to God, you know. Um, without him, I wouldn't be anything. Um, my wife for allowing me to um, have quietness in the house to do this. <laughs> and uh, to to you guys, man, for having a um, platform for, for guys to come and, um, you know, voice their opinion, be unfiltered, um, and, and, and have a platform to do what they do, man. I appreciate this big time. Y'all don't even know. I feel like I made it tonight. I, I ain't even alive, man. I'm waiting for All right, dog. Think All somebody right. to call me tomorrow, man. Uh, any shout outs, Josh? <laughs> and oh, we appreciate you, know, you God is good, Coach Hunter. We really appreciate you finally taking the time to come on the show. Um, <laughs> I hate that you bring God in it and then tell a lie right behind what you said after saying God's name. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad you you on the show. Um, shout out to everyone. Continue to fight the good fight. Um, we're going into the summer, so um, be responsible, be safe, be careful. And um, love somebody. Make sure y'all constantly tell the people you love, you love them. If this year hasn't taught you anything, it should have taught you that. Um, Coach E, what you got, though? Uh, nothing much, man. You know how I go. Love God first. Everything else to follow. Peace. Okay. Peace. Yo, we the Scumbag Lounge Podcast. We are your hosts, Forty Fonz. And it's your boy, K-Stuck76. That's right. We're not your traditional sports podcast. We give unpolitical correct analysis on your favorite athletes and more. You can check us out on all podcast platforms every Wednesday. That's right. 